cliffcentral.com. That's right, it's the slow version of She Works Hard for the Money. Anthea, uh, nice to speak to you, always is. Um, lots to talk about this morning. But first, let's kick off with a question because you were actually asked a question by somebody a couple of weeks ago and we just haven't got around to answering it. And I don't want to be accused of ignoring our audience. So go ahead. Good morning, Gareth. Yeah, so somebody sent us an email asking why, oh, why, in fact, he said, why the stock market... <laughs> the stock market remains open for business during this crisis. And I must say, I did have to think about it a bit. But the, the first reaction, or the first thing I know for sure, is that we do have circuit breakers in place which actually halt trading of stocks if they fall too far. So all the exchanges have their individual rules and regulations Um for example, if a share falls 15, and it's also slightly dependent on whether the share is liquid or not, or whether it's a big cap or a small cap or mid cap. And uh, so, for example, if the share falls between 15 and, or falls 15%, then they actually stop trading on the share and it goes into what we call an auction for 15 minutes. So nothing happens on the share for 15 minutes. You can put in your bids and offers. Um, and at the end of the 15 minutes, the bids and offers match at whatever level kind of um, the, the buyers and sellers there are, the number of buyers and sellers there are. And then the share starts trading again. Another 10% they hold trading again for 15 minutes. And if after the second reopening, it falls another 10%, then they stop trading for the day. So uh, it's, it's really kind of, I, I think, if you were to say, why don't we stop trading in the stock markets completely? Because you've seen everybody's panicking about this 35, 40% drop we've had in the stock market. The problem would be you wouldn't know where to stop it. So that's the first problem. So let's say the market fell 10% and you stopped trading. Mm -hmm. At what stage? Like, not all markets fall perfectly in tandem. So no, at what stage do all the markets stop? And of course, we've got shares like Anglo, which are listed in South Africa, in the US, and in the UK. So when do you stop trading that share? But if, if there was a way to do that, I'm not saying that there is, because clearly it would be very difficult to, to figure out. But if there was a way to do that, would you be in favor of it? Or do you think it's a, it's a terrible idea? I think it's a terrible idea, because if a share fell 10%, or if the market fell 10%, you stopped trading and said, okay, until the corona crisis is over, we're going to keep the stock market closed. I. I feel like you'd, you'd miss out. You know, already yeah. on the JSC, the the, um, the stock market has bounced from the trough 31%. I don't really want to be missing out on that, to be honest. So right. I, I'm quite happy to take the downside as well as the upside. You know, I've always said it's not a perfect straight line up. And who would close it? I mean, would it be the JSE in this country, which is a, a, a company, a listed company itself? Or would it, That's be, right. would it be government? I mean, who, we, we don't know who has the authority to do this. And I would frankly rather have nobody do it. I'm with you. So the JSC has authority to stop trading completely or in shares. or And they also make trading regulations. Right. So if you wanted to go to the – because the stock market is there to raise capital. So if you wanted to go – let's say you wanted to list Cliff Central because you needed money to expand offshore – 
you would then go to the stock market and say, I'm going to sell 50% of, or 49% because you want to have control, <laughs> 49% of Cliff Central, you pay me shares, I'm going to use the money that you gave me to expand my business offshore, wherever I want to expand right. it, right? So, so that's what the stock market's purpose is. And the JSC actually makes those regulations. They'll say you need X amount of cash or so much liquidity in your business. They want to see your business plan. They want to know why you want to list. So it's quite a mission to list a company. But the point is you go to the stock market to raise capital. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people like us go to the stock market investors. As investors, we go to the stock market to raise um, or, or to make a return or to make a return above inflation on our money. You know, there's one thing kind of earning your salary every month, um, but to to take that money and then make a higher than inflation return on it so that in future you've got more money is another thing. I mean, you could put it under your mattress, but then you would be losing out every year, in our case, 4.5%, you, you, because inflation would eat into it. I'm happy with your explanation, and thank you for doing a little research around that, Anthea, because we do have smart people who ask smart questions on the show, and it's sometimes interesting to hear uh, why some of these things that we just take for granted, we think are so fundamental to the economy, might actually be just nonsense. But that's a good question, so thank you very much for it. Okay, let's talk a little bit this morning about some of the, 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 speaking of the JSE, uh, some volatile stuff happening over there. And you say you might even be getting used to this volatility. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's quite it's quite weird. Like in the beginning, I was completely freaked out when the market fell three percent or three and a half percent in a day, and then bounced back four percent. Or uh, now I'm just like, oh, okay, it is what it is, <laughs> the new normal, I guess. But again, last week the market ended higher, only half a percent higher, or barely half a percent higher. But still, you know, it, it wasn't a big negative move down last week. Same volatility as always. Um, and I think what's happening now is that even though a lot of investors are saying we expect a, another leg down in the stock market, I mean, nobody knows, right? And so, but actually what we're really worried about, so as I said earlier, I don't mind taking the downside with the upside, but I think what we're really worried about now is missing on the upside. And that's what's keeping the market up. So investors are going, well, if I'm not invested in this market, then and it's already bounced 31% from the trough, Missed out, so I need to be in this market, and I think that's what it is. We, we see new investors coming into the market. All right. The rand's concerned. Yeah, tell me about the rand. We hit a new, a new all-time low oh. last week again, nineteen ten to the US dollar. But I've just checked this morning, and we're back at eighteen eighty-three. So you see, this volatility—it's just nonstop. But hey, we're just going to deal with it. And I think what happened last week was that. The president came out and announced his 500 billion rand relief package, mm-hmm. and the market and the market got really nervous because everyone was thinking, "Okay, so where are you going to get this 500 billion rand? You're going to have to borrow. The country is already so heavily indebted. Does that mean we're more indebted now mm-hmm. um, that you're going to have to borrow?" And not only that, but this 500 billion is not really a stimulus package, right? so it's more of a um, survival package you you know it's not so that companies can grow and that they can employ more people it's so that people can keep their companies going so that they can survive through this crisis well it's also and, just <clears throat> at very basic levels it's also just to give people enough money to find something to eat it's that bad pure survival 
Um, and, and so it's not going to help grow the economy. It's just going to keep people alive and carrying and employed, hopefully, and carrying on. Um, can we just talk quickly about the, the – <laughs> because this RAND is obviously something that everybody's thinking about, and you say it's volatile, but, I mean, 1880-something is still terrible compared to where we were at the start of this year. Um, but land bank – the land bank is something that we, we don't really discuss much on the show. But the land bank is an SOE, and it's 100% owned by National Treasury, guaranteed by the South African government. They just defaulted on their last payment, which means that there is now 13 billion rand outstanding for maturity between September and October this year. What does that mean? That's not good news. The land bank, another SOE that's been mismanaged? Yes, and unfortunately, this is one of the better SOEs, you know, and it's an important SOE. Because really, they're the guys who look after um, agribusiness. And they've turned around, and initially we thought that they had missed a payment on a loan, which was not the outstanding debt to us, the investors. It was something else that they had specifically to one company. But we thought there would be, there potentially would be a cross default. In other words, if they can't pay one loan, then they surely are not going to be allowed to pay other debt outstanding. And then they said, no, it won't happen. It's fine. And then last this, sorry, last week they came out and said, actually, they will be defaulting. So it really is a true default. And if you can't, and the, the whole point about buying kind of government guaranteed debt is because, as I've said before on other shows, that if government need to repay debt, all they have to do is print more money. And even though that's not good for inflation oh or the RAM, you know, you don't ultimately want that. But um, they shouldn't ever default. They shouldn't ever not pay us back the money they borrowed from us. So let's just chalk this up as another, another disastrous SOE. But before we do that... SAA is just not dying. I mean, it, the, yesterday was, was D-Day in terms of them um, being bailed out again or not. And it seems that they're not being bailed out, which means essentially they're going to go into liquidation. Can we finally say goodbye to this parasitic, unhelpful, and, and quite useless extra arm of, of the state-owned enterprises? Is it, is it time up already? Is it over already? Or do we still have a, a, a long journey ahead, Anthea? I believe it's time up, but honestly, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm like, what is going on? Why is no one actually calling it? Although I did see a video yesterday of um, a couple of airplanes doing a flyby at Oatambo as kind of the last goodbye to SAA, and I don't know if it's fake or if it's real. Um, but so you're also confirming that yesterday was supposed to be D-Day, and I haven't yeah. heard anything to the contrary. I, I just wish they'd close the coffin on this goddamn zombie and just let us move on with our lives, you know? Yeah, it's it's a sad state of affairs, but, but we need that money for other things right now, so... Yeah. Well, call it. Mm. thank you. So, Anthea, you, I'm not going to let you get away with the print more money mm. saga yeah. statement because it's something that's like really on the minds of South Africans. Tutombowendi last week, the stimulus package. Tell us again why printing more money is a bad idea. Zimbabwe in one word. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Anthea, you do this one. (laughs) Anthea, just just explain it to, like, everybody else, please. 
But but Gareth is spot on Zimbabwe because the more money you print, the less valuable it becomes. Um, it's a supply and demand issue. Think of it like a supply and demand issue. And before, what used to happen was you could only print the exact amount of money, cash, that you had or put into the system. I mean, it's not always printed money. You know, there's different types of money. There's also credit and that sort of thing. Um, but you could only print the amount of money that you had to the value of gold in the state vaults. But we don't use that metric anymore. But the... Um, the, 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 the theory still holds. You can't just be going out and printing as much money as you want because it, de it will devalue your, your money. And that leads to hyperinflation, which leads uh -huh. to, to Zimbabwe and Venezuela, where people are, are carrying you know, um, wheelbarrows full of money into shops to buy three rolls of toilet paper. That's exactly right. Because the money is so worthless. And, and it seems to me that you know, this is, this is one of the reasons that what cryptocurrencies and gold have taught me, and I, I by no means say that those are, are two of the best ways to, to manage um, any kind of currency or any kind of value, but they've taught me that if you don't have scarcity, if there isn't a, a cap on how much of a total amount there is in the system, then you may as well just assign some arbitrary value to each unit in that system, and it doesn't, it doesn't any more matter what, uh, what people have or don't have. The whole idea of value is extinguished. That's right. And so with gold and cryptocurrency, this, the, the, this impact or this lack of an underlying asset that gives it value, other than speculative potential in the future, is a very uh, – it's, it's, it's a difficult thing to, to value. It's, a, it's difficult to put a price on it, if you like. And, and it's the same thing, you know, you're giving gold and cryptocurrency a bad name, but it's the same thing with IT companies in 2000 when um, Internet companies were being valued at ridiculous valuations, even though they were not generating any revenue. Right. Um, and, and, of course, we saw what happened there. Right? It all, yeah, all and, 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 and people go, well, actually, I don't want anything to do with any of this because there's no way that I'm, I'm sinking my hard-earned capital that I've made from bl blood, sweat, and toil into something that I know people are just going to assign arbitrary values to. Why would anyone invest in something like that? Why would anyone invest in a country like that? It's a disaster. And that's why cryptocurrency, the, the cryptocurrency that Facebook did, they actually have underlying assets or cash on hand to give that crypto value. So if we just keep printing money as a country and we don't have an underlying value, we're not producing we don't have anything to sell to that value, well, then it just, it's speculative. All right. I'm afraid uh, that's all we've got time for. Anthea, thank you very much. That's uh, The Money Shot with Anthea Gardner. You can find that episode and all the others. Thanks for listening to cliffcentral.com. Podcasts of all our shows are always available on the website, the Cliff Central app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.